I'd like to have Psalm 31 open in front of you, and our text is really those opening words of verse 15, my times are in your hands. And uh, as the events broke towards the end of the week, seeking the Lord really as to what to come to this morning and was drawn to this wonderful promise that we have here. And really the events of the past few days have been so significant with the death of Queen Elizabeth II. And as we said in our prayer together, we do give thanks to God for her. We know that she was a major stabilizing influence on our society, that she had the love and the respect of the people as seen in the outpouring of affection that's so evident at the moment. We know that she exercised her role with warmth and with dignity and with grace. And her reign of 70 years, the longest of any British monarch, was a conscientious reign marked by her servant heart, consistency of life, and unfailing commitment to her role. And that was something that she recognized had been given to her by the providence of God and for his purposes, and she really was a remarkable lady. And although she was the sovereign of Great Britain and other Commonwealth nations, she also acknowledged that she herself was subject to the King of Kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are thankful for every expression of faith in Christ that she made, and uh, we see from the things that she said that that faith made a difference to her reign during the highs and the lows of her life. For example, in 2002, she said, I know just how much I rely on my faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to give my best in all that the day brings and to put my trust in God. I draw strength from the message of hope in the Christian gospel. You know, the queen served in the way that she did because she knew something of the servant king. You know, the only book she ever allowed to be published in her name was by the Bible Society, and it was called The Servant Queen and the King She Serves. In 2011, she said, history teaches us that sometimes we need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, but a savior with the power to forgive. Even as recently as last month, the queen expressed that her hope and her comfort were in Christ Jesus. And now she has appeared before him, laid her crown before his feet, as it were, her time had come. It's interesting, at her coronation, the queen was presented with a Bible. And that treasure speaks of the king who will reign forever and ever. And of course, that is the Lord Jesus, the king of kings the ultimate sovereign. He is the one who rules over all creation. He is high, he is exalted, and to him is due all the worship of the nations. And it is remarkable as at this time we think about rulers, as we think about kings, this greatest king, the true king, loves sinners like you and me so much that he left the splendor of heaven to come to this broken world to rescue us. And he lived a perfect life and then he went to die on a cross in the place of his people to deal with our sin, that which separates us from God and the punishment that we deserve for that. It was the ultimate act of loving sacrifice and he died that we might come to know God in a personal way. 
And as king, even over death, the Lord Jesus rose again and he conquered the grave. And today Jesus is exalted and one day he will return as Lord, as judge, as king. And the wonderful thing is that you have the opportunity even this morning to know this king, to believe in him as Lord and Savior and have him to hold you and keep you through life, through death and into eternity. And the question is, do you know him? Because, friend, nothing compares to knowing him. And the queen, we believe, knew that for herself. But, friend, these are uncertain times. We think about what we've been through over the last few years, one significant event after the other. The death of the queen, the change in monarch, a new prime minister this last week, war in Europe, spiraling cost of living, all manner of pressures and turmoils and tensions, they impress upon us that this life is uncertain. Many concerns. You know, maybe even in our personal lives, we are carrying many anxieties. There are, there are troubles all around. And the question is, at times like that, in tumultuous times, where do we look for hope? Where do we look for certainty? Psalm 121, wonderful psalm, says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The queen once said, none of us can slow the passage of time. And while we often focus on all that has changed in the intervening years, much remains unchanged, including the gospel of Christ and his teaching. That's a wonderful thing to know that in all of the changing tumult of what we face, God remains the same. The gospel is that constant. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, that is the emphasis that we have here in our text in Psalm 31. David, the psalmist and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is moved to write these things down for our help. It's expression of where he was, and he's in a, a place of deep, deep grief and sorrow when he's writing this, facing many troubles. He has enemies all around, many difficulties, many things against him. But in the midst of all of his trouble and his sorrow, he went to the only place, the best place of comfort and refuge. Look at verse 14. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. You know, he had no other refuge. He had no better place to turn than to the God whom he knew and whom he trusted. And life is hard. Troubles come. But when we know the Savior, we have one who loves us, who keeps us, who protects us and sustains us and who has the power to bring us through. You know, friend, there is no greater position for any person to be in than to be able to say, you are my God. You know, if he has made us his own by his grace, if we have been given that true faith in Christ, what, what higher privilege is there? You know, we may not possess the world. We might not be the great and the good, as we've been mentioned often, but we know the one who made the world. The treasure of being the Lord's is greater than all the riches of this world. And this promise that we find in verse 15, this statement of truth is just so glorious. My times are in your hand. 
Part of the hope and the comfort that David knew in his trouble was that truth. My times are in your hand. Even in the toughest circumstances, he saw all things in the hands of God. And the Lord held him, had him in his hand, regardless of all the other things that were taking place, regardless of what the enemy was trying to do. And knowing that was a very liberating thing for David. And friend, all that concerns the believer is in the hand of Almighty God. My times. You know, in our times, they change and shift. But only in accordance with unchanging love and the purpose of God who is faithful and with whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. My times, all my ups and downs, the good times, the troubling times, are all in the hand of the Lord who arranges and appoints according to his holy will the length of my days, the darkness of my nights. And whether those times are filled with storms or whether they are calm, all at the divine appointment. Whether they are times of, of reviving and refreshing or discouraging, that remains with him who is Lord both of time and of eternity. And friend, as believers, we should be glad that it is so. You know, we're not just thrown around by fate, but we are held in the hands of love. And nor shall we die before our time or left too long without purpose. Our times are in his hands. And it's not just the things in our lives which are in his hands, but actually all things. He's the sovereign God. And when we see this broken world in its turmoil and the effect of sin's ruining presence, above that we still look to the comfort that our God is in control, that he is sovereign. So how did David have this confidence? How could he express this reality that his times are in his hands. Well, as we look at the wider scope, the Bible tells us that all things are ordained of God. All things are settled by him, all in accordance with his eternal purpose and decree, his wise and holy counsel and will. And so we can know that what happens is not by chance. Do you know, we are not here this morning, at this time, by chance but according to the counsel of the Most High. You know, men act and plan, they do as they wish according to their own wills, but even then they are absorbed into the written purpose of heaven. And what happens in time in no way surprises our God. No way courts him off guard. The, the eternal purposes cannot be changed or thwarted. You know, that's true even regarding individuals. Think of Psalm 139, 16, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. We see that our God knows all things. And for the believer, there is great comfort that by divine arrangement and sovereign purpose, our times are in the hand of God. And so nothing that happens is without purpose. But also David's times are in God's hand in another sense. David actually knew the Lord for himself. You know, it wasn't just a, a, a grand sweep of, of theology in the fact that God reigns, but actually he knew this God who reigns. He knew the Lord for himself and by faith had committed himself and his life to his Redeemer. If you look at verse 5, it says, Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. 
They're wonderful words because they're also spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross as he committed himself to his father at death. But as his people, we can say the same in life. Depending upon committing ourselves to the Lord in all the changing scenes of life, the believer trusts that God holds all his time in his hands, including the hardest of times, and that his God has stored up abundant goodness for him despite how circumstances might appear. And it's not just a vague trust either. David trusts God as his Redeemer. That's what it is to be a believer, to know the Lord as your Redeemer, as your Savior, to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for yourself and to be given by sovereign grace that living relationship with him to be made one with him. And in Christ, belonging to him, we are focused recipients of the Father's care. He holds us in his hand for the sake of his Son. In Christ, we are loved, we are held, we are kept. All his eternal purposes work towards the glorifying of the Son, and as surely they work together for the good of those who are in his Son. And so Psalm 31, 15 is actually really an Old Testament version of Romans 8, where it speaks of all things working together for good to them that love God, to the called according to his purpose. You know, you think of that being held Jesus said in John 10, 28, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And he went on and he said, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. He says, I won't let go. The Father won't let go. And so believers are those who see that the Lord Jesus loved me gave himself for me. And my times are in those hands which were nailed to the cross for my salvation. And when we know that, it means that no matter what we face as individuals or as a church or even beyond, God's hand never fails. He always does what is right. We might not always understand why we face what we do, the dispensations of providence, but we can trust that God is good, that he is always good, and he is ever working all things together for the good of his people. You know, I've said it many times recently, but it's true. Just because things don't seem to make sense to us, it doesn't mean that they don't make sense. The Lord is in control, and we are to trust him. We can give our cares to him. We might not understand what he is doing, but we can trust his wisdom we can trust his care, we can trust his character, and that is enough, dear friends. When we know him, when we trust our times in his hands, it is a great comfort in difficult days. But you say, well, how does it help me? How does it help me day by day? Well, I'll give you some reasons why it can help us as we draw these things. Knowing our times are in his hands helps us to know that God is near. Have you ever realized that God is near? That's a wonderful thing. If God is in control, if he's overruling for good, then he's near to us. Do you know our forefathers, the Puritans, they walked with God closely. And one of the key things in that was that they believed that God arranged everything in their daily lives, even the very smallest details. At home, at work, they saw him in the history of the nation. 
and all the events which transpired. Do you know, in our age in which we live, the direction is to get rid of God, to push him away, to get as far away from him as possible. But true wisdom is to pursue the Lord, to seek the Lord, to draw near to him, to long for him, to draw near to us. And when we see that in his hand are all our ways, then we know and feel that God is real and he's near. And we see then that nothing is left to chance. Nothing is down to luck. Think of Proverbs 16.33. The lot is cast into the lap. You know, and you think, oh, well, you know, lots, that's, that's chance. But then it says, but it's every decision is from the Lord. All things are ordained of the Lord from the smallest to the greatest. And, you know, the tragedy is that many, they see life just left to fate. And, you know, one has described it, fate like a, an enormous wheel which just relentlessly turns and crushes whatever is in its way with, with no mercy, no pity, no compassion. But the Bible says life isn't left to fate. There is a God who is ever at work, bringing about all things according to his purpose with mercy and with grace and with justice and with righteousness. And he is actively engaged to overrule and to guide and to lead. And our hope is my times are in his hands. Not just my times are in fate. My times are in his hands, the hands of a gracious God who in Christ is sustaining and keeping, who has me on his heart. It's an amazing thing to consider. The great, mighty, sovereign God who is worshipped by all heaven who rules over all beyond comprehension, yet my times are in his hands. My little life, the life of this unworthy sinner in his hands. Who am I that he should be mindful of me? And yet he is. That God should not only think of me, but should make my concerns his concerns and take my matters into his hand. He has the stars in his hand, and yet he puts us there too. You see, knowing that our times are in his hands helps us to see that God is near. He is near his people with all his attributes, his wisdom, his power, his faithfulness, his immutability. And you know, he's interested in you. He knows your times. He knows your daily trials and your troubles. And he is the God who is near. And he is the God who, when we know him, is our refuge, he is our strength, he is our help and he purposes to defend and to perfect and to lead his people home to the place where his flock shall rest forever. I wonder if you can see the hope and the confidence of the believer that God is their God, he's near to them. And in Christ, that, that reality is brought to bear. We don't need to face tomorrow worrying if he'll be with us. He has promised that it will be so. And so he watches over our comings out, our goings in. And so we need to lift up our eyes and know that we're not alone, that he is our help, that the Savior is with us and that we have a Father in heaven who holds us. Do you know that? Do you know that this morning? Is that your testimony? Are you able to say that for yourself? Because in the midst of all that's taking place, here is true hope. Here is true comfort. I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. But also knowing our times are in his hands helps us to know how to face trouble. Do you know, 
as believers, one of the ways that the enemy tries to cause us to stumble is to question the love and the care and the provision of the Lord. And when troubles come, the enemy's quick to say, you know, the Lord's not going to help you. You know, if you stay faithful, you know, it's going to get worse. And so you better take matters into your own hands and, you know, don't worry about what the Bible says. Don't worry about obeying the Lord. You do what think is right and, you know, do what you know to be wrong. Maybe when things are hard for us and maybe in circumstances like our finances to try and cheat, bend the rules for some gain. But the believer is able to say, no, my times are in the Lord's hands. His name is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide and I'll trust him to do as he said and he requires me to walk uprightly before him. And though the enemy, though the world and those in it try to shake you, we need to come again to trust that the Lord who's taken your matters into his hands will bear us through. Or in the church, when things seem to be struggling, the temptation then is to, is to start compromising, to ease off on the offense of the truth for a while, to try and gain some acceptance, to just do what works regardless of biblical principle, to get some success. But our times are in his hand. And so is God's cause in God's hand. And we need to trust and to be faithful and know that God would not have us help his cause by compromise. And though at times we go through rough storms, if we are believers, we should know that the Lord is at the helm. Do you know, we can be so foolish at times in our unbelief when we think that we know the way better for us than the one to whom the steering of our vessel has been given. Thankfully, our grumblings don't affect him. But we do confuse and trouble ourselves with them. And that's why we need to remember this simple truth that when trouble comes, when we're tempted to act rashly to come away from Scripture, to do something which is not defensible, to try and change things, to remind ourselves our times are in His hand and there is no better place for them to be. And when we can't see our way, then is the time to trust Him all the more. And if the enemy comes to shake you and sift you and accuse you, you send him to your advocate. Jesus Christ the righteous. Send him to the one who has saved you and who holds you. And so knowing our times are in his hands, help us to know how to face trouble. And also knowing our times are in his hands help us to battle anxiety. You know, maybe you look at the situation and the concerns sometimes can overwhelm us. But if we believe our times are in the Lord's hand and our care is cast on him, then we must trust and not fear. If God has undertaken for us to save us in Christ, why do we worry in what we face? You know, do we accomplish anything in our fretting? The answer is no, and I should know. But what do we do when hard times come? Well, we go to him. We go to him whose hand you have committed yourself and your times into. Go to the one whose wisdom is infinite, who loves you with everlasting love. Tell the Lord what you feel and what you fear. Spurgeon said, 10 minutes praying is better than a year's murmuring. He that waits upon God and casts his burden upon him may indeed lead a royal life. It's a liberating thing to leave our times with our God. You know, when we are consumed with worry, we struggle to act well and wisely. But if we lean hard upon the Lord because we 
believe that everything is in his hand, we can know that peace which he gives. And when we cast our cares upon him, he really will sustain us. You know, it's such an important lesson to learn and to glory in the fact that in our troubles, there is the opportunity for God to appear in wonderful ways for his glory. Our God is the God who can do marvelous things. Our God is the God who supplies all our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And what a blessing it is when those answers to prayer, those tokens of his blessing, constantly show us and declare to us that our times are in his hands. And surely it's better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in man. And though at times it can be painful to be driven where none but the Lord can help you, then there is the wonder of seeing his mighty hand at work. Those times when we're sure it's the Lord, when we know it's his nearness. But friends, if we're honest, sometimes if we're in the middle of a deep trial, we struggle to know how we're going to go on. We can feel frustrated. We can feel overwhelmed. Sometimes we feel more than that all at the same time. And, you know, we think, well, we're not very spiritual because we got all this going on and we don't know how we're going to go on facing our struggles, especially if they stretch out in front of us. But that's when we need to come back and remember that our times are in his hands. And he will give us each day what we need for the day. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Today's mercies for today's troubles, tomorrow's mercies for tomorrow's troubles. God keeps us a day at a time in that regard because it brings that dependence upon him. And his grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect in weakness. You know, just think about your days if you're a believer. What's your daily record, as it were? Is it not a daily and living testimony to the truth of the resurrection power of Christ at work in you? How is it that you are kept through a single day of your earthly life if you're a believer? You know, when you wake up in the morning and you think of what you've got to pass through in that one day, and then at night when you place your head upon the pillow and you reflect how God carried you through, what a witness you are to the grace of God. You tried him in that trial. You proved him in that necessity. You looked up to him in that difficulty. You ran to him in that temptation. You trusted him with that burden. And you never found at any point that his promise failed, lo, I am with you always. You see, knowing our times are in his hand helps us to battle anxiety because we can know that he really is with us and that he understands. And then lastly, as we finish, knowing our times are in his hands helps us to not fear the future. With all the unrest and the uncertainties at the moment, maybe some of us wish that we knew what was going to happen in the future. Maybe you're here this morning and you've got a less than positive outlook about what's going to happen next. Many want the future to be revealed to them, but the future is intended in some regard to be a sealed book to trust the Lord. The present is all we need to have before us. The Bible says, do your day's work in its day, leave tomorrow with the Lord. And you can be sure that nothing is ahead in which the believer cannot trust him and that you're secure in him. The Lord assures us that we need not fear the future 
and looking to him, we can endure today and trust him for tomorrow. Now, of course, the word times speaks of changes for us, changes for the church, changes for our nation. But as there are no changes with God, all is well. And things will happen which you cannot foresee, but God has seen all and provided for all. And he takes care of our times. He takes care of our eternity. He has brought us this far. He has appeared so graciously for us. He will see us safely through the rest. He has kept us this far. We can trust him to keep us the rest of the way. You know, some want to know when death will come to them, but our time will come when it should. It is the Lord's to know that. And he won't abandon us on that day. The Lord never begins a work that he will not complete. And you know, we have the great promises of the Lord Jesus. Think of John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. The Lord makes it clear that his people can trust him for the immediate future, for their eternal future. And our hearts can find comfort when we know that this life is not the end for the believer. And the Savior is preparing a place for his own in the glory to come, a place of unsurpassable greatness and majesty and glory, a place of purity and holiness and perfection, of endless light, of joy, rejoicing. What a contrast to this earthly dwelling that is filled with darkness and sorrow and fear and grief marred by sin. And what a great comfort for the believer that in the darker moments when at times our world can seem to be falling in on itself, our future is secure. All of grace, our times are in his hand. Bill Bygros was the pastor of Bridge Chapel in Liverpool and uh, he wrote a lovely summary of this text and I'm going to read it to you. My days are in his hands, every one by him is planned. So why should I fear when I know he is near and my days are in his hands? Days when your eyes fill with tears, Days when your heart pounds with fear. Days when you sigh, when you want to die. All those days are in his hands. Days of joy and light. Days of peace and might. Days when you're strong, when your heart's filled with song. All those days are in his hands. Days which are now memory. Days to come with uncertainty. Days, good or bad, today to come or what we've had. All those days are in his hands. My Lord, my God, my King, my way, my everything, I commit to you my ways, all my moments, all my days. I'm so glad they're in your hands. Dear friend, can you say that this morning? Life is uncertain. With the Lord Jesus Christ, there is hope. There is life. And I pray that you'd run to him Pray that you wouldn't put your trust in any other. And I hope that you'll be able to say, as with David, you are my God. My times are in your hands. May the Lord help us. Amen. Amen.